Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. 
Welcome to Prayer International Radio. This is our Thursday night broadcast here on Blog Talk Radio. Our call-in number is 619-638-8458. If you need to pray for anything, please give us a call. So, um, let's start off and pray. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you and ask for you to reveal the Word of God to us tonight. Jesus, we ask that you would be magnified. Jesus, be glorified tonight. Father, touch every person who's listening, Lord. Father, whatever their need is, Father, you already know it, Lord, so... Father, we ask that you would meet them at the point of their need. Lord, we surrender this next few hours of this broadcast to you and declare that everything is for your glory and for your honor alone. Lord, that we can know you, Father, that you would reveal yourself to your people. Father, reveal yourself to your people tonight, Lord. Show them your heart, Lord. Show them your desires. Show them what you want, Lord. That your will would be done, Father, in our lives. Your will would be done in our nations, Father, in our cities, Lord. Father, we ask that you would raise up harvesters, Lord. Raise up workers to go out into your harvest, Lord. Declaring that the kingdom of God is at hand Declaring the name of Jesus Christ Jacob really longed to be a hero But all I really wanted was a friend I'm the way, the life, the truth Tell me Does the striving make you strong? When I came to love on you, you fought me till the dawn. Finally, Jacob's lying down, and while he
I want you to do this. I want everybody to look at the person next to you. Just look at them. Don't say anything. Just look at them. On the left and on the right. Now, do you know what you see? I'll tell you what you see. You see the victory of Jesus in that person that you're standing next to. Hallelujah. That's what you see. For all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Satan had his hooks in us, but Jesus has conquered. Yeah. Jesus told his disciples, he said, I've seen Satan fall like lightning. Amen. But we've seen him ascended. So he's lifted up and he has the victory. Amen. Welcome back to the broadcast. Um, call in number 619-638-8458. So we're going to um, take a minute and pray. And um, for those of you um, not living in the United States, um, over here, um, it's really hot. Um, and there's been numerous um, heat-related deaths. And the southern and central part of the United States. Um, but we know, <laughs> we know that we serve a God who answers prayers. We know we have a God who hears us. Just like Joshua, I believe it was Joshua, commanded the sun to stay in the sky for 24 hours. So, they could have victory over the enemy. And the Father set the sun in the sky for 24 hours. Jesus said, whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive things that you ask. He said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you would say to this mountain to be removed and cast in the sea, and it would. And so we know that the Lord hears us. We know he answers prayer. He said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So, Father, we, Lord, boldly come to your throne of grace, Father. Father, seeking your sovereign hand, Lord, for the United States at the moment, Lord. Father, that you would send the rain, Father. We command the rain to begin to fall in the United States, Lord. That you would send the rain clouds, Father, to relieve the drought-stricken land, Lord. Father, just as you cause water to pour from a rock for your children Israel, Lord, Lord, that even now, Father, that you would cause the rain to fall in the barren, dry regions of the United States, Lord. Some of them that are moving closer and closer to record temperatures, Lord. Father, but none of this escapes your thoughts, and none of this escapes your knowledge, Lord. So we ask for your will to be done, Father, and ask, Lord, in your name, Father, that you would... Through your mercy, Father, send the rain to those areas of the United States, Father, that are in drought, Father. 
Jesus, be glorified, Lord. Be glorified, Father, through your word, Father, through your actions, Lord, through the Holy Spirit. You know, I believe that we, as a body of believers, could pray for almost anything and have it happen, according to the will of God. And, but more than likely, the reason we don't see that is most people don't believe it. Um, and I don't know if I ever told you this story before on the broadcast, but um, a long time ago, um, I was listening to a um, missionary who, through the ministry they have, um, ministering to remote um, Aztec tribes, um, he, his ministry has seen multiple people raised from the dead. Um, something that many people aren't either comfortable with or have no knowledge of, and they think it was just something from the from the works of Jesus. But you know, it's the same Holy Spirit. Um, even Elijah stretched himself out um, over a child, and life came back into him. And Jesus said that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, the same work. And he even said, if he went so far and say the works that I do, you shall do greater because I go to my Father. And, you know, we receive the Holy Spirit of God. And, you know, so I was thinking about this, about the whole raising people from the dead, which, you know, most people see a dead body and they start freaking out, um, which... Um, is a natural response But then there's those times where the Spirit of God Can sometimes speak to you And present an opportunity Not just so you can say "I Well guess what I raised one from the dead today No, it's so that he can be glorified So that the glory of God Can be Shown, shown out through the earth So that the name of Jesus can be exalted And magnified And I, I sort of wondered to myself If um, and you know a lot of times we wonder things to ourselves But usually anything we wonder ourselves He's actually hearing Because you know the Bible says that the Lord sees our hearts And um, even our thoughts Don't escape him um, The Pharisees made a mistake When they'd be around Jesus Or even the disciples Even when they were complaining and disputing um, In their hearts Jesus perceived what they were thinking And usually responded before they had a chance to say anything And um but out of a spirit of love And so I'm thinking about this whole reason that I think And I asked And I sort of was questioning And I was like And I was sort of in my head going God I wonder if I could ever do that And you know Almost as quickly as Those words came out of my mouth He responded and he said Well you never tried And I had to stop and think about it for a second that I never tried And The point wasn't to go Like to a cemetery or something And try to find a dead body But it was that it was a matter of perspective It was a matter of understanding That if you know the word of God And not only know the word of God But you believe it And not only that you believe it But that you're willing to act upon it you can see amazing things happen And you can see him glorified In so many different ways um, You know, James In the book of James It speaks about being 
a doer of the word and not a hearer only deceiving yourselves. Um, I, I heard a quote yesterday that said, if you were um, a medical doctor and you had developed a cure for some disease that was almost incurable like cancer or AIDS, would you keep this cure locked up inside of yourself, holding on to it really tightly because of the value of this cure? Or would you immediately go out and give it to as many people as you could find? And the answer should be that to give it away. Um, because there's nothing of value that we have that isn't there to be used for the glory of God so that people can be saved, so people can come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, you know, sometimes we, we hear the words of God, and sometimes we believe them and sometimes we don't, but it's the same Jesus, so it's surprising the things that sometimes people don't believe. Um, even when it comes to prayer, we believe that God answers some, I mean, some people think that maybe he answers some prayers and not others, but um, because of their lack of belief, they don't even get to the point of praying because they give up on praying before they even get to the point of asking because they have forgotten that they need to pray and then expect God to do something according to the prayer, according to his will. Someone said once that you need to first pray big or, or that no, first you go to dream big and dream the impossible and figure out what it is that you really want, figure out what it is that the Lord is wanting to do. And then you've got to pray really big prayers where you touch the heart of God. And I don't mean like with multiple words or whatever, but literally a sexual fervent prayer of intercession for the situation. And then once you've dreamt big, and you've prayed big, then you expect big, and you expect God to do something. And if you're going to pray something, no matter what it is you're going to pray, um, if you're not willing to expect that he's going to answer your prayer, then there's no point in praying. You know, when we pray for people to get healed, we don't do it just because it's the right thing to do. We do it because we believe that God heals people, and we know and trust him to fulfill his word. And it's the same thing when we pray for people to get saved. We don't do it just like as a Hail Mary pass, throwing things out there to God, hoping that just one of them stick and he just catches one of those prayers. But we do it because we know that he's faithful and true to his word, where he said, we in our households shall be saved. And, you know, prayers for the nations are the same way. Um, excuse me, I heard a... Um, evangelists say once that when he prayed nations shake and he wasn't being prideful about it but he was stating a fact that many Christians haven't um, gotten to the fullness of understanding that there's power in your in your prayers there's power in your intercession um, not just because of the words you use not because of your ability to be eloquent or to say the right prayers or to say the right words or to have it all come out sounding um, perfect. But it's this, I mean, but it's a demonstration of the spirit and power. Paul said um, that when he came, he did not come 
with um, words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of power that your faith may be in God and not in man. And so the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the first step is to get into the word and figure out what he says, to figure out what promises he has given, to figure out what his answers are to questions that you have. And then you turn around and you seek his face and you come into agreement and you position your heart to be in agreement with him. Um, it doesn't always make sense to go before the Father praying for something um, if you're not willing to then turn around and stand up in agreement for and believe that he's going to fulfill his word. Um, you know, the woman who had an issue of blood, um, and she pressed through with crowds just so that she could lay hold of Jesus because she knew that if she could just touch the hem of his garment, she would be made whole. Well, she went through the same process. She first believed in who he was, believed what he could do, and then she had to take the step and act upon it. She had to press through. You know, sometimes in our prayers and sometimes in intercession, you know, sometimes there's a pressing process. There's sometimes a spiritual struggle, a spiritual battle that's going on. And, you know, sometimes you're continually praying, continually intercessing. Paul said to pray without ceasing to pray in the Holy Spirit, to continually have an art, a heart and an attitude and a mindset of prayer and seeking the face of God, um, not only for your life but the lives of your friends and your family and the world itself. And something as simple as asking um, the Lord and agreeing with the Lord to bring rain is no um, huge thing out of the realm of possibility. You know, God, Jesus said with God, I mean, with, with men some things are impossible, but with God there's nothing that's impossible. I remember listening to a, um, or I was watching um, Jason Upton perform, and he was telling a story about how um, one of his services, there was a tornado that was coming, and he had, um, and all these people had been in the auditorium waiting, worshiping the Lord waiting for the program to start, and um, he knew because, and everybody that ran the building were telling him that they would have to evacuate. Even though these people were, were waiting and hungry and longing for the presence of God, longing for a touch from the Father, Jason knew that um, these people were going to be turned away and told to go home. And so what he did was, out of his mouth, without even having complete understanding, I mean, as far as he didn't plan it out, he immediately started speaking to the tornado. You know, sometimes we don't have to necessarily go and intercede as far as going directly to the Father for something. Sometimes when you already know what his word declares, you can go straight to the issue. You can go straight to the problem. Um, you know, when um, there's a parable or the story about um the Jesus being asleep on a boat and the waves are boisterous and the disciples are freaking out because of the storm and they're afraid they're going to die. And Jesus got up and he rebuked the storm and then rebuked them for the lack of faith. And because I think that they could have rebuked the storm just as easily because he had already given their word. He had already spoken their, his word over their life. He had already given them the command. And 
through the very fact they knew who he was and through the name of Jesus and knowing their place in him, they could have easily spoken the storm to that storm and caused it to cease without ever having to wake Jesus up. And um, we, too, um, have storms that are brewing. And we have just the authority, um, as any well-known preacher or evangelist or anything else, um, because it's the Holy Spirit who works the power of God. And all we have to do is take that step of faith and jump out of our comfort zone and be willing to go before the Father and not only go before him, but also believe that we have the things that we ask, like Jesus said. And then believe that he is going to actually fulfill his word, to be expectant, to be waiting and watching, and vigilant to expect God to fulfill his word in our lives and the lives of our friends and the lives of our family. Because if we're not willing to come to a place of agreement with him, then you, in some ways, it can prevent him from actually moving because you're not really believing that he's going to do anything. But we know what his word says. Um, so when you pray, you need to um, be able to believe, be able to picture, be able to see the end result. The Bible says Jesus for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and then sat down at the right hand of the Father. And, you know, Jesus on the way to the cross didn't necessarily want to get on the cross. It wasn't something that everybody was like, you know what, we all need to get on the cross today. It's, it's, it's not. And not only the fact of getting on a cross being that, it, that the manner of death was actually considered a curse itself, but the very fact of knowing that all the weight of the sin of the world was going to be placed upon him but it says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. You know, sometimes you've got to look forward. You know, Paul said, we read um, Philippians chapter 3 last night. Paul said, um, forgiving those things which are behind and pressing forward toward those things that are ahead. I press on. And, you know, sometimes we've got to look past the situation to what's on the other side of the situation to understand where that there's freedom and that there's deliverance and that there's salvation and that there's rejoicing on the other side of whatever obstacle that you've come against and whatever army is there. If you look past the army, there is peace. And so when we come to the Lord praying and believing and coming into agreement with him on his word, we need to be able to look and see the end result and see the image and believe that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think, which is exactly what his word declares that he can do and will do. So our call-in number tonight, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for anything at all, please give us a call. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back.
Finding myself at a loss for words And the funny thing is, it's okay The last thing I need is to be heard But to hear what you would say
You know, it really does. When we behold his glory, there's something that happens. Nothing happens like it happens in the presence of God. See, when you get in the presence of God, certain things happen. Certain things happen in the presence of God that you'll never experience anywhere else. See, when you get in the presence of God, God has the ability to restore your hope. When you get in the presence of God, God has the ability to restore your confidence. When you get into the presence of God, God has the ability to take your confusion and give you peace. Take your anxiety and take your cares and your worries and your doubts and your fears and replace them with peace, which passes all understanding. He's got the ability when you come into his presence and when you behold his glory to take your sickness and your disease and replace it with wholeness and healing. You see, dis-ease, disease, is nothing more than dis-ease. It's the enemy's ability to cause you to not be at peace, not be at ease with God, to not be in line and in harmony with God anymore. And see, the reason why sin brings forth death and sickness is once there's a breach, once there's a breaking, once there's a disunity, once there's a disharmony, harmony, sorry, then the enemy can come in. And see, our bodies only prosper and are in good health as our souls prosper. And our souls only prosper to the degree that we know God and that we allow our souls to be restored. We allow our souls to be restored by getting into his word, listening to his word, getting to his presence, being refreshed. See, times of refreshing come by the presence of the Lord. You see, even the book of Acts tells us, repent and be baptized and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, and times of refreshing will come in the presence of the Lord. So praise God. So the reason we worship, the reason we spend our time seeking Him, is to behold His glory. To behold His glory. You know, even Moses, that was his heart's cry. God, show me your glory. Show me your glory, Lord. And we need to realize that's that needs to be the heart of every man, every woman that's seeking after God. Lord, show me your glory. Lord, show me your presence. Lord, reveal yourself to me. Lord, show me your face. You know, there's different ways we can ask God to reveal himself to us. But it's about being in his presence. It's about being in his power. It's about knowing his person and the Holy Spirit. See, there's something missing in our worship today. You know, in most of our services, people have their hearts and minds on personal needs and spend most of the time presenting their needs to God and petitioning him for answers. So, see, we forget that if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all that we need will be provided. What should we be doing? What should we be doing? We should be praising him. 
we should be praising him. We need to behold his glory in our services. We need to behold his glory in our worship services, in our Bible studies, in our home groups, in our homes, with our families, on our jobs, in our businesses, in our schools, wherever we're at. We need to experience his glory. Look, in the light of the glory of God, listen, when you're talking to God, when you're communing with him in prayer, when you're seeking his face, listen, he he delights. God takes pleasure. God delights in taking care of his children. You know that? God loves it, being the provider. God loves it, being Jehovah Jireh, being Jehovah Rophe, your healer. Being Jehovah, Makadesh, to know your your righteousness and your sanctification, He loves that. He delights in it. God's a loving, giving Father who cares and provides and protects. I'll say that again. God is a loving, giving Father who cares, provides, and protects His children. And to say anything less would be a, a mockery of of His very nature. He's a loving Father. Yes, he gets angry. Yes, he chastises his children. Yes, sin does bring forth death and brings forth sickness, brings forth problems. The flesh brings corruption. This is true. So sometimes we see the effects and the result of our sin in our lives or in the lives of others, and we think that paints this harsh picture of God. But, you know, God has been more than merciful with us. God has been more than fair. And praise God he doesn't give us what we deserve. That's why we have mercy. That's why we have grace. That's why there's the blood of Jesus speaking for us. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask for things because his mind frame, his frame of mind, his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. So that's why he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. But you know, notice it says according to the power that works in us. You've got to have the glory. You've got to have the Holy Spirit. You've got to have the favor and the the living God, the Spirit of Christ, living on the inside of you. Because it's according to the power that works in us. Romans 8.32 says, and we touched base on this the other night, He spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all. And how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? See, God freely gives us all things. God freely gives us all things. See, the problem is, is our minds are so earthly that most of us have not seen or beheld the glory of God. Most of us don't understand the, the magnificence, the brilliance, the splendor, the radiance. Of, we don't understand just the magnitude of the glory and how awesome and how amazing the glory of the Almighty is. See, the glory of God is found as we honor, praise, and reverence, and worship Him 
He says he inhabits the praise of his people. Enter his gates with thanksgiving in your hearts. Enter his courts of praise. See, there's something about that. See, Moses prayed like this. He said, I beseech thee, Lord, show me your glory. It's Exodus 33, 18. I mean, what a what an unusual prayer. I mean, a lot of us don't think that. But it's very different than the way a lot a lot of people pray. So what is the glory of God? We're talking about the manifested tangible presence. The cloud in the old testament it talks about the the cloud and the fire that hovered over the Israelites in the wilderness. That was the glory. There was a glory cloud, like an actual cloud that filled Solomon's temple. That was the glory. There was a glory cloud when Jesus was taken to heaven. And the glory cloud will return when Jesus comes for his church. The, the glory cloud, the cloud of glory, fills the courts of heaven. And see, God wants us to have a little bit of his glory here on earth, not just in heaven, not just on Jesus, not just on Moses, not just on the Israelites, not just on the apostles, or on Stephen when his face shone like an angel. See, that was the glory. And so Moses had the presence of God so heavily upon his life that they had to put a bag over his face. They had to put a sack over his face. They had to cover his head up because the glory was so heavy that it would have killed the Israelites. See, Moses understood a little bit about the glory of God. Look, he met with God on a burning bush. And the Spirit of God told him, take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. He had an understanding of the reverence. He had an understanding of the awe of God, the reverence, and the glory of God that's manifested. When God actually shows up in a place. When Jesus was born, the angels sang glory to God in the highest. David the psalmist constantly spoke of the glory of God. He said things like, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell in. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Even lift them up, you everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. Psalm 24. A few verses out of Psalm 24 there. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and the world and they that dwell therein. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. See the psalmist David called God the king of glory. Because he understood God's glory. He understood the presence of God. Why? He was a worshiper. He sought. He ran after. He inquired of the presence of the Lord. And just like Isaiah, and you've heard me share this one too, Isaiah 6, verse 3 to 7, listen to this. And it's, it continues. It's talking about the vision he had when the Lord showed up. And his train filled the temple. And he heard the angels saying, Holy, holy, holy. Here's where it starts, verse 3 through 7. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. 
The whole earth is full of his glory. Then said I, woe is me, for I'm undone. Have you ever felt undone? Have you ever been so beside yourself because of what God was doing in your midst? He said, woe is me, for I'm undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims to me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongues from off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged, Isaiah 6, 3 through 7. See, Isaiah was changed when he beheld the glory. When Moses beheld the glory on Mount Sinai, the mountain was shaken. Everyone who had an experience with the glory of God, they were constantly saying, do it again, Lord, do it again, Lord, do it again, Lord. Once you experience his glory in your life, you'll find yourself saying, Lord, do it again. Lord, I just need another touch. Lord, I just want to be in your presence some more. Like if we examine Moses' experience from this, if any person ever beheld or understood or touched the greatness of God and the power of might, it was Moses. And Jesus right there too, but God showed Moses some things as far as man is concerned. And you can see with Moses, once you walk with God, you're never satisfied or content with the things you hear. Look, his heart's cry was, Lord, show me your glory. He didn't want the flesh. He wanted the spirit. He wanted the word of God. He wanted to commune with God. He wanted with God. He wanted God. He wanted God. He wanted God. Once God touches your life, you're never going to be content or satisfied with the things that you're You'll always want more of him, more and more and more and more and more and more. And you might hunger and thirst and long to behold his glory again. But eventually it's going to become the cry of your heart if you are touched and you're changed and you experience this glory. It will transform you. It will work in you. It will work you over. Second Corinthians 3.18 says, Look, but we all with open face behold in a glass the glory of the Lord. We're changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Let me say it again. But we all with open face behold in a glass the glory of the Lord. We're changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord, 2 Corinthians 3.18. Philippians 3.21 says this, Who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. If you look and study even the life of Moses, look, Moses didn't shine with the glory when he was beholding miracles, even though they were awesome, I'm sure. 
He didn't even shine with the glory of God when he was walking with the angel of the Lord, which was Jesus in the Old Testament, basically. Some scholars speculate. I believe it is. Anytime you see the word, the angel of the Lord, it's Jesus in the Old Testament. But only when he entered into the holy and divine presence of God, only when he spent time in God's presence, only when he spent time with God on the mountain, after God passed by him, that's when his face shone with supernatural glory, when he had an encounter with the presence of the living God. Praise God. So this is Prayer International Radio. It's about 11.11. just want to encourage you. Deuteronomy 1.11 says, God will give you the ability to increase a thousand times more than your worth. Imagine that. We always pray for the 30 or the 60 and the 100-fold blessing. But imagine God increasing you to where you are worth a thousand times more. Not a thousand dollars, but a thousand times more. And God says in his word he can do that. So anyways, 11.11, I said, that just reminded me of Deuteronomy 11.11. Anyways, hey, this is Prayer International Radio. We've been talking about the glory of God, beholding his glory. Honestly, I was going to teach out of the New Testament tonight. I just kind of jumped into a chapter, but just kind of trailed off this way instead. But um, yeah, so we're talking about the glory of God, talking about Moses, talking about Jesus, talking about being changed. And transformed in his presence And so if that's what you're looking for If you're looking for his glory You know that's our prayer here at Prayer International One of our desires I know that Sean's desire Is our family's desire It's my desire to see You know his wife, my wife You know We all love To be in the presence of God We love to feel his presence We love to taste and see that the Lord is good And see we know something that God did not just want one or two people to experience his glory. He wanted that for all his children, all who ever come, whosoever will. Come to the waters of grace. And so the Lord is constantly calling us. Praise God. And all who are thirsty And all who are weak Come to the fountain And if you are Wait. 
Oh God, 
Lord, we say, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. For my soul longs and even faints for you. Faints for you, O God. For here my heart is satisfied within your presence. And I see shadow of your wings. Better is one day in your heart. Better is one day in
Praise God, we're back. This is Prayer International Radio. Taking a long praise break for a little while. We had a few people call in and uh, had my brother Anthony on the phone, just spending some time with him, praying and talking, sharing. And uh, so now we're back. Anyways, we were talking about the, the glory of God, beholding his glory. And earlier I made some references about Moses. I made some references about Jesus and how it wasn't until they pressed into God and pressed into the place of prayer that the glory of God actually came over their life. You know, Moses didn't have the glory when he did miracles. Moses didn't have the glory come on him, you know, when he spoke to the people. But he had the glory on him when he pressed into God. He had the glory on him when he pressed into the presence of God. You know, Acts 3.19 says this. It says, repent. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing, and we talked about this earlier briefly, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Where do times of refreshing come? They come from the presence of the Lord. Get a hold of this revelation of truth and press it deep in your mind, okay? Times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. If you need rest, if you need refreshing, if you need to be regrouped, regathered, rebuilt up, it's going to come in his presence. He's got a way of strengthening you. When you're weary, he can quicken your mortal body. When you're dealing with sickness or dis-ease and you're not at ease about something or there's some kind of torment in your mind or in your body, listen, get into his presence and he'll replace your sickness with healing. Get into his presence, he'll replace your confusion with peace. Get into his presence, and he'll replace your poverty with provision. Get into his glory. There's things that happen in his presence that don't happen anywhere else. And we've got to be diligent to pursue the presence of God. Now, in your heart, you might think, how do we pursue his presence? Doesn't he... Pursue us, doesn't his presence persist? Yes. God's omnipresent. God is constantly wooing and drawing his people. Yes. God is constantly searching to and fro throughout the earth, looking for hearts that are fully his. Yes. But you've got to train, and I've got to train. We have to train ourselves to be constantly aware of his presence and become those who run diligently after God. See, he rewards the diligent. He rewards the diligent. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Now, it would be wonderful. 
if every time we went to church or every time we went to a meeting or every time we had radio, everything was totally conducted and orchestrated by God. Okay? So you can imagine not even a taint of striving in the flesh in the service or any human initiative involved. But they just simply man agreeing with God about what God was doing. See, true revival begins when God's presence is manifested in the midst of the church. And I don't mean the church building, but in the midst of the body. When we gather and he is glorified and he shows up. True revival begins when God's presence is manifested. See, it sets the stage for miracles to happen. And see, just like in the book of Acts, the Lord will add daily to the church. Those will be saying, when revival breaks out, okay, it's going to happen because in the presence of God, people's needs get met. God uses his people to meet needs, but that's only part of it. It's only a part of the fruit of his presence. God's people obediently meet the needs of others. Okay, the reason that happens, the reason I go out and do things to bless people is because my life has been changed. My life has been exposed to his love. My life has been exposed to his generosity. And therefore, I want to go out and do things. I want to love. I want to generously give. Why? He said freely give. But only because you freely receive. You can only love others as you love yourself. As you first love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. But it happens because, see, where does the love of God come? It's shed about in our hearts by the Holy Spirit getting in his glory, getting in his presence, allowing the Holy Spirit to shed abroad that love. Just realize there's tons of Old Testament and New Testament passages that talk about the glory cloud, talk about the glory of God. This isn't some new concept that people want to preach on just to get uh, offerings or, or church attendance. Okay, clouds can symbolize a place of peace or rest, a place of escape, symbolize a place of victory because it's high above the earth's trouble. Calm clouds can appear cool, peaceful, and pleasant, but some clouds uh, that are full of rain, thunderstorm clouds, it, it can be a whole different story. See, if you're a pilot, you wouldn't fly into the middle of a cloud unless you had a different alternative. Unless you didn't have an alternative, rather. I don't know if that came out right, but unless that was your only choice, you would have just go through a cloud no matter how calm it was. Look, initially, God's glory cloud is kind of similar in a way. When you first encounter God's cloud, it, it brings tribulation in your life. It's like flying through a thunderstorm. Great turbulence and stress come all over the plane. In fact, have you ever wondered, like, have you ever thought the plane would break apart because it starts shaking so bad? But it's because of the way they built it, the way they engineered it, the way it was designed. The wings stayed on. It didn't break apart under the pressure and the stress and the turbulence. 
And see, God has designed you in such a way that if you would be led of his spirit and you would follow after his spirit, if you will be in the Holy Ghost, he'll never give you more than you can bear. See, he never puts more pressure on you. It may feel like things are going to break apart. But see, he's designed you in such a way that if you allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide your life, he said you can go through the fire and not be burned. You can go through the waters and they won't overflow you. But we need to realize God has an awesome plan. God's got a glory, this glory cloud. It it kind of shakes us up a little bit. See, you notice when you get into the glory, it begins to expose and reveal who you are. It begins to manifest on the word of God, which exposes the thoughts and intents of your heart. But it's the glory. The Bible says, by beholding him, we're changed. Because without the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we'd be in constant turmoil. You know, when you get into God's presence, he starts to stretch you. And he puts stress all over your weak spots, just like in, in that plane. When you have a personal encounter with the Lord. He says in Hebrews twelve twenty six, didn't he say, I'll shake everything that can be shaken, and the things which cannot be shaken would remain? Hebrews 12. You won't just shake the earth, but I'll go to heaven. He's shaking everything that can be shaken. And only that which will stand will remain. The word of the Lord will stand forever. Whatever God has defined and declared in your life will stand forever. Praise God. And I know we're coming to the end of the show, and uh, praise God. You know, it's all about beholding Him, no matter what. It, we can do all the ministry. We can teach and preach. We can pray and prophesy, cast out devils, heal the sick. And listen, I'm all for that, okay? Don't ever let it be said that we don't believe in those things. In fact, I'd rather lose people and don't take this wrong. I'd rather people run from us because we believe in what the Bible says than to stick with us because we're teaching something else. Okay, let me just make that really clear. I'd rather people run from us because we're not teaching what the Bible says than to stick around us because their ears are being tickled by something else. Okay? We can do all the preaching we want, all the miracles, whatever it is, but when it comes down to it, God's going to say, did I know you? Did you know me? Were you with me? Did you spend time with me? And the only way you're going to do that is by spending time with him, by getting with him, getting to know him, inviting him into your life. Look, the Bible is filled with stories of men and women who had encounters with the living God. They didn't just have a theology. They didn't just have a Bible study. They didn't just go worship in the temple just to worship in the temple. They went and did those things because they actually had a relationship with the living God. So keep the first things first. Behold his glory and you'll be changed. Be in his presence and times of refreshing will come. So praise God. Hey, let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just lift up every man, every woman 
that's listening tonight, and we bless our, our brother Anthony that's listening by phone and others, and Sister Cheryl, and I know Patrick Greg was in there, different people that were listening tonight. Father, I just speak a blessing over everybody tonight. Pray that you would refresh them in your Holy Spirit. Fill them up, Lord, and prepare them for the rest of the week. Lord, divine appointments, kingdom connections in their lives. I pray, order their steps, Father. Lord, I pray, Lord God, your provision would be seen in their lives, that you live in such a mighty way. Touch and change and transform their lives. As they behold your glory, Lord. Father, I thank you for your goodness, Lord. I thank you for your blood. I thank you that you love us, even sometimes when we're not unlovable, or when we are unlovable. You love us anyway. Father, I pray that you'd fill us with your glory, fill us with your presence, fill us with your love. And Lord, let your character, let your integrity, let your fruit be produced in our lives. Now, Father, I speak your will be done and your kingdom come over every person listening. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you would reveal yourself to them and their families. Father, we pray for healing in their lives, those that are sick in their bodies. Father, we just seek a touch. In Jesus' name, we command every sickness and disease to go. We command every devil in hell to flee. We command bodies to be restored and refreshed and renewed right now. In the name of Jesus, cancers and diseases must go. Terminal illnesses must go. And we just declare wholeness and health. Pray for household salvation. Hey, listen. Keep looking unto Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He's going to finish what he started in your life if you'll let him. If you'll let him in. This is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. And you have a blessed night. We'll see you tomorrow, or we'll be back tomorrow. And thank you, and God bless. Days will come when you don't have the strength. Treasure you.